Today is the day to wake, work, and win. Welcome to The Standard. You want to start us off? Yeah, I'm going to start you off. Oh, boy. I got a good one. All right. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Actually, I'm going to save that one. (laughs) Let's talk about tipping and healthcare. I'm listening to this radio show the other day, and... Somebody writes in and says, recently went to my doctor's office and the nurse was talking about tipping the healthcare staff, like openly asking for tips. So put it this way, you go in, (laughs) I know, right? You go in for your yearly checkup. Let's just say you do a physical. Now you, you tip twenty percent to the nursing staff to Depends what kind of test you're getting. It's like a restaurant we're going to now. What are they it's a service industry? It's like you know, they're going to check your prostate. You're going to throw them Are you, a couple okay. bones. So you get, a, you get a tattoo, right? You tip the tattoo artist. Oh, yeah. You go in and get surgery on your knee. Tip the doc, the surgeon? No. Absolutely not. Apparently, that might be the trend is that healthcare is looking. Dude, we, I, mean, I, I think I talked about this before. We took my son in to the acute care center because he had pink eye. My man's potty training hard. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, it's a three and a half hour wait. If you go down to the ER, you'll be in and out in 15 minutes. I'm like smoked from the day. It's like 830. And I'm like, there's no way I'm waiting. So we go over to the ER, which is connected to my insurance. They told me it was going to be the same amount of money. It was $1,500 to get him his pink eye medicine. You think I want to tip him for 15 minutes of, dude, I should have just been able to take a picture, send it to a, a doctor, and they'd be like, hey, no problem. Go grab this medicine so under no circumstances are you gonna tip any if they find cancer that like i didn't know i i like i'm going in for an eval and they're like hey man i'm a little maybe nervous. give the guy a steak dinner gift certificate like, no problem man. yeah you can go to ponderosa and enjoy yourself okay um maybe i could see that but it's like i'll tip if someone goes above and beyond but like that's your job should we get tipped <laughs> do we even bear- if, if, can you imagine our job I mean, the answer, that was rhetorical. No, yeah, yeah. No. Um, but if it goes this route, imagine we do, the fire service we would do nine, EMS with tipping. We do like nine smoke detector installs. Well, then, but then you have, here, here's this. You have the frequent flyer that tips really well. And oh, we so have no. all these crews are just fighting to go. They hear the address come up. And they're, they're like, like, hey, no, we'll I'll take, take that for no, instance. We're closer. Yeah. We're closer. <laughs> you know, I could see that happening. Like, you know, like... I, I could see lift assists being a lot more uh, enjoyable, you know, going to the same nursing home six times in a row if they're, you know, tossing you a couple shekels every now and again. Who's tossing it, the nursing home staff or the, the actual patient? No, you make it easy. You bring in your iPad, just like they do at Starbucks, and you just spin it around and be like, so hey, we need you to sign your refusal, and, it's and got then it's percentage. got the tips on there. <laughs> 25, 30, 45. Yeah, yeah. And if you're covered in poop, then it's automatically gets up to like oh, 50, no. so 60, like 70%. If there's more than three or four people standing around, that's a party of like five or six. Well, that's automatic. Automatic, yeah. automatic gratuity. Yeah, that's automatic gratuity for parties of, you know, four or more. You should be, if you're in a healthcare system and you're asking for tips, that you should be ashamed of yourself. That seems like a very 
bad place to that's like that's a bad that, place to start. That should show you where we're at in that. So in let's just say what would your reaction be if, you know, they take you back, you get weighed, you know, you're getting weighed in, you know, checking your height, checking your vitals and everything. And she's like, We do accept tips. Cool. I probably would leave right then. <laughs> I'd be like, that's good for you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I don't, I don't have cash on me. Sorry. Oh, oh we take cards. Oh, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, even, my, I don't have anything. I wouldn't there. even go there. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait till they need to start an IV on you. It's like here comes the fourteen gauge. Oh, uh, see, you know what I'm noticing is like you need to be your own advocate in the healthcare system. Like, here's a great example. Uh, we we went to take my kid in. Uh, again, dude, it's like when they're in daycare, man, it's just like endless illnesses. Um, so we take him into the, uh, to the doctor's office and they're like, Hey, you know, we have like all these, all these shots we can give them right now. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. But and there's some more healthcare stories that we're going to have. But you know, if you, if you don't have any idea of like the the path that you want to take with your family's health care or your own nobody understands that they can just say no you know like even even in the back of the ambulance you're like hey we're going to do a 12 lead we're going to start an iv and, and we can give you something for your nausea well they're like oh well all that has to happen but you can say no no i don't want that because i know it's going to be more expensive or you know, no, I don't really think I need that. I mean, how many IVs have we started that, like, they probably don't really need? Yeah, a lot. A lot. Yeah. And, like, that causes discomfort, and it makes, you know, it's clearly a dirtier environment than you might be able to start an IV somewhere else. So you just kind of got to take a little bit more control of our, like, the things that are, are happening to us and, and realize that there are bad doctors, there are bad nurses, there are bad paramedics. All right, so... If- if you're not going to tip or like if they're going to ask for tips, what would, what would, uh, you know, so like you go into a restaurant, you have bad service or bad food, sure. you're like, give me my money back. So what do you do when they're asking for gratuity and they like, okay, they start an IV, but they, they totally botch it. Right. You're bloodletting. You got this <laughs> big old hematoma. Pretty much every. So it's yeah. like, give me my money back. <sighs> This this office visit it was cost terrible. Two hundred fifty dollars right now. My money back. This is terrible service. I well, what would that do to the care you receive? What do you would mean? it get better? Like if you if you were a doctor and you're like, man, I keep having to like give so many refunds. Like maybe I kind of <laughs> suck at this. Maybe. What would a doctor have to do for you to tip them? I think, like you said, like catch something. Or so if I went to a doctor right now, or any sort of healthcare and. They solved my chronic back issues that I have, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I would be like, I'm taking you out for a nice steak dinner. You have changed my life. All right. Here, I got one coming up. I'm getting the snip. Getting the snip next month. <laughs> so, if they're like, listen, we're going to knock you out. I, I'll tell you right completely. now, I would not tip the doctor that took care of mine. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've I heard, want, I I have heard nothing but horror stories. I'll tell you a horror story. Me, but what I'm going to tell you. Okay, on the table, We're table in the stirrups and everything, right? Because they're stirrups. Yeah, they put you in the stirrups because they they got to get access, man. Oh Locked. no! All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, it's everything's. They got to clean it up down there and everything, right? The procedure is right. They how many people? Are in, how many people are in the room? They're 
the doc, nurse, and me. Was Sarah? Should be just like no, no. There's just three people. Okay, it goes pretty quick. Here's the problem. So they're they cut and they cauterize each end, right? Of the of the vast deferens. Sure. Right. Before that, they deaden it. Well, this cauterization tool, what it does is it like before it kind of activates, it makes this like beeping noise, like okay. a solid beep, and then it's go time, right? So they deaden me up and everything. They cut. Now they're going to cauterize. Are you feeling any of this? I can't feel it yet. That's great <laughs> not, news. Not, that, not at that point. And so they charge it up and they go to cauterize the first, you know, there's four ends now, right? They got to go yeah. cut two, two, you know. They cauterized the first one, and it, like, a mule kicked me in the nuts. <laughs> Bad. I want my money back. <laughs> that's it, Doc. I want my money back. But that's what I'm saying, is that if, if I go in there next month, and they're like, listen, we're going to put you out. You're not going to, like, you're going to be completely unconscious. They're not going to put you out. There's way but more to manage. What I'm saying is that if they want a tip, this is what would be required for me to tip them. And that would be? Putting me out completely. Mm. You know, and then when I wake up, there's a little incense going. We got a candle, you know, like it's a nice, gradual, nice experience coming out of it. That would be tip worthy. But it basically sounds like I'm going to go and, you know, I'm picturing in my mind, like when you brand an animal, you like (laughs) flip them over, you lay them down, you burn them. And then you send them on their way. It's like when they do calf roping and they pick them up and slam that's, them down. That's, that's what I you. They're going to slam you down. And that's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> like, cut, done. You're like, what just happened? Please, no. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, yeah. we'll report on that okay. next month. But that's what, would, that's what it would take for me to I think you probably reschedule. Nah. <laughs> Majority of them do. Yeah, it's actually one of the most canceled procedures uh, yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. Because it's terrifying. Yeah. Well, it should be because I had a bad experience. Cool. Well, Make I'm sure they deaden it up. Ugh. Give me all the Novocaine or whatever they use, whatever kind of cane they're going to use. Yeah. All right. You want me to go? Go for it. All right. Guy says that he had a heart attack and went to hell in 2016. Here's what he saw. In 2016, a Michigan-based priest named Gerald Johnson suffered a heart attack. He said he had a near-death experience, or an NDE as they call it in the biz, that sent him somewhere he never thought he'd visit, hell. Recently, Johnson took to TikTok, as you know most people do, to share his details of his traumatic NDE. Far from the kind of warm, bright, light epiphany you might expect to hear from someone who temporarily ventures into the great beyond, he says, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. 
I don't care what he did to me. No one deserves that. Johnson says that immediately after his heart attack in 2016, his spirit left his physical body and went down to hell, entering through the very center of the earth, though he says the things he saw there were indescribable. He tried his best. Johnson claims he saw a man walking on all fours like a dog getting burned from head to toe. Johnson also heard music in hell, including, what would you think, what music would you think would be playing in hell? Because I was caught by surprise. Man, it's got to be like the worst songs of all time. Like Mbop. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it, man. It's just a loop. Yeah. Mbop by Hanson. Bop. Yeah, that'd be it. Well, he heard Rihanna's umbrella and Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Traditionally, Don't up, worry, be happy. You're yeah, Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> um, only this time, demons were singing the songs to torture people. Research, researchers, especially those from the International Association for Near-Death Studies, believe that NDEs most likely happen due to a change in blood flow to the brain during sudden life-threatening events, like heart attacks, blunt trauma, or even shock. As your brain starts losing blood and oxygen, the electrical activity within the brain begins to power down, like a town losing power in one neighborhood at a time. During NDE, your mind is left to keep working, but without its essential normal operational parameters. Whether simply an oxygen shortage or some side of anesthesia or a neurochemical response to the trauma, it basically, your mind's working but doesn't have the tools that it needs to work properly. So, um, how many people out of 10 would have near-death experiences? What would this be like the ratio? Average? Yeah. This is the, like the world averages. Two. Yeah. One in 10 people right. have a near-death experience. Nearly 85% of children who undergo cardiac arrest have had near-death experiences. 85% for as So, kids. this is happening. A lot. So, the near-death experience isn't the actual event it's it's like some it's cognitively something that people report that's what they're classifying as a near-death experience because yeah. in itself i mean having a heart attack is a near-death experience yeah but it's, it's more of like so um the the tunnel of light okay they think like that, like gladiator reaching for the door well more like that like i'm going die. through a tunnel and they see like an outline of like bright light and they're like going into the light okay. they think that has something to do with your occipital cortex like like okay. starting to close down. All right. But the interesting thing is, is that there are a large majority of the kids that have these NDEs. They see deceased loved ones that they've never met. They talk to them? Oh, never met. Yeah. So Do they end up having conversations with them? Um, so the, the two stories that I read were kids that were had near-death experiences at like one. And then later on in life, they describe like interaction with so they don't have language yeah so but they describe an interaction with a loved one that they'd never met before Dang. so if there's like yeah there's this science part to, to it, it but then there's can... also this other part yeah so i thought that was pretty interesting want another one go for it all right nurse with hangover killed patients to keep them quiet guess that's how you keep people quiet. <laughs> that's one way to do it. A German healthcare worker who pretended to be a nurse uh, has confessed to killing two elderly patients in one of Munich's top hospitals by giving them drugs to keep them quiet so he could sleep off his hangovers. Oops. Yep. 26-year-old man named only as Mario G. Does not sound like a very German name. 
uh, is on trial for two charges of murder and six attempted murders. He faces a life sentence if found guilty. One alleged victim who survived, who was a a renowned German poet and author, I'm not even going to try to say his name, um, had to be resuscitated after nurses after the nurse injected him with sedatives, Valium, and Lorazepam. Prosecutors said that defendant secretly gave sedatives, adrenaline, or blood thinners to elderly patients who had just come out of surgery. He said, I made a big mistake. He told the court uh, at the start of the trial last week. He said he often drank alcohol prior to his shifts. <laughs> and, uh, quote, I was inebriated. There was only one option for me, to sedate them. I am deeply sorry. That's direct and to the point statement right there. Yeah, man. I mean, he said that he would turn them towards the wall because the patients are much calmer when you do that than when they could make eye contact with others. Mm. So my man comes You're in. You're in the w- wrong. Make <laughs> an exit, man. Yeah, dude. You just need to, you just need just to go. find something else. I thought it was. Uh, have you ever like gone to work like horribly hungover? I think everybody's done that once or twice. But I was going to ask you how you think a shift would go if you were inebriated like this guy the entire shift how would that how would that i think it depends hours go i think it depends what kind of drunk you are right? you're in that you're in that like um i'm in vegas having fun drunk um i think I, you'd probably have a pretty good time i think so you know i think maybe the problem was like he didn't keep going he came in hungover Instead of just keeping that right, forward. so he gets the hungover part, and it's that's miserable, awful. The last thing I mean, last thing you want is people. To, <laughs> you don't want nobody talking to you. Yeah, why are you talking like to you? Right Leave now. me alone. <laughs> Trying to recover. Well, here. then think about the tasks that you need to accomplish at a nursing home, right? Changing bedpans. You know, I don't even want to change my kids' diapers when I'm hungover. Let alone adult diapers. A man, like a man poop. There's a difference between. Baby diapers and adult diapers. 100%. Bad news. 100%. So, you know, probably shouldn't have done what he did. He's going to go to jail for He's life. He's going to go to jail for life. That's an easy That's conviction. an easy answer. Yeah. Enjoy your time making toilet wine. <laughs> toilet wine? Yeah, man. Okay. They, like, ferment uh, fruit and Dude. <laughs> other food. I'm serious. And other food that they get from the commissary in the toilet. And... uh after it's fermented, they get all messed up. You got to do what you got to do in jail, I, man. Yeah, I mean, every everything's on the table, I guess. All right. We're going to go to Utah. Gorgeous. This is a good one. Okay. Utah toddler stuck in an apartment alone. Parents tried everything. Okay. Yeah. A West Haven couple was locked out of their own apartment while their toddler was locked inside. They contacted 911, locksmiths, their apartment complex, and their security company to no avail. On Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m., the West Haven couple locked out of their apartment where their child was for more than three hours. Hmm. Caitlin Birchall, the mom, she had just gotten home from Target, walked up the stairs. Her husband stepped outside the department. Her husband stepped outside the de- apartment and the Vivint door automatically locked on them. This isn't unusual as their door automatically locks every time. However, this time their passcode didn't work and the toddler was locked inside. Video footage shows the toddler crying, uninjured, but he's stuck in his high chair the entire time. 
Neither Birchall or her husband had changed their passcode. Birchall had gotten the notification that the passcode was changed, but she said she thought it was a mistake and she disregarded it. So she called several locksmiths, but said she wasn't having luck finding one available. She also called the apartment's office after our emergency line. Everything went to voicemail. So the next step, she contacts the sheriff's office, and they told her they couldn't help because it wasn't an emergency, even when she explained the toddler was stuck inside alone. The dispatchers told them they needed to contact the locksmith. The couple, per the advice of dispatch, continued to call locksmiths and only found one locksmith who said it would be a two-hour wait and cost around $300. Okay. It's a a service. Yeah. It's fair, and it takes time to get there. We can't get Amazon Prime here right now. Right. Okay. That's a solution. Right. Because she didn't want to pay the $300, because she didn't want to wait two more hours, she tried to call a non-emergency police line. Every extension she chose sent her to voicemail. She then called the fire department and kept getting voicemails for each of their extensions as well. She called 911 again and said she demanded they send someone over to break down the door as their child was inside crying. At this point, it had already been two hours. Now, she could have just got the locksmith, and he would have been there at that point. Sure. Okay. When sheriff deputies arrived, they called Vivint, the security people, while the other three deputies were allegedly standing there chatting and laughing. That's probably... Poor form, but I get Probably, yeah. Butchell said when she tried to talk to the deputies, they were rude and told her there was nothing they could do. One deputy told her that he would lose his career if he broke down their door, which it's understandable, right? Yeah. I mean, property damage, it's probably not in their policy. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same for us, too. They aren't really equipped to do that either. Yeah. I mean, we've forced entry and stuff like that, but I mean, I know some of the conversations we've had is, hey, just so you know, like, it's going to, you're going to need a new door probably. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll try and go through the lock if we can, but, like, we're also, if you're saying that this is an emergency, we will treat it as such. Right. And there's some times that we can break in. I think it's called exigency, where we have the legal right to go in. Yeah. But that's not for everything. Like, this this here here would not be, because technically, you're not at a single-family home where they own that house. You... They're renting it from the property manager. Yeah. So yeah. unless the property manager were to say that, you know, it's it's not as as clean cut. I mean, we have created a litigious society where we can't do stuff like that anymore. Right. So eventually the sheriff's office leaves. She's mad at police. She's mad at fire. What's the dad uh, doing? Well, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> So, the couple, after waiting three-plus hours for dispatch and others to help them get in their home, decided to take things into their own hands. It's about I love that time. line right there. I love that. <laughs> take things into your own hands. You know, like, be responsible for so, Virtual's <laughs> husband climbed their balcony to the second story, retrieved a hammer from the patio closet, and broke their window to get in their home. This was around 9.30 and was also documented and included in the news video. Man, you know, to read that paragraph right there, I think he finally stepped up to the plate. Well, he was finally a dad. Uh, and I'm it, doing that first. I, I mean... Well, I'm not breaking a window. Spoiler alert. That that window is probably going to cost as much as the locksmith right. to get to get fixed. But, but like, why... At, We've lost... So now, the, you're paying, now you're paying $500 to fix something broken. Yeah. When you could have just paid a locksmith, which you 
clearly said that you just didn't want to pay it and wait. Right. So the problem is not that I'm scared. I for want my what kid. I want now, and I want it for free. That's it, right there. It's not that your kid is crying and is inside, right? Which is awful. If I heard my kids inside bawling and like I couldn't get to them, and I had to wait, that'd be terrible. Would not be the end. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Probably nothing. I'd wait for the locksmith. I'd pay the money, or I wouldn't. If I made the decision that hey, this needs to happen and go down, I just take care of it. Yeah. Like now. Yeah. But I think you hit the nail on the head. People want what they want right now, and they want it for free. They want it for free because of generous actions in the past by police and fire have created this expectation that it it, it always should be there. And now things are changing because of litigious societies, because – we're getting too busy, and it's. I think I think more of this is coming. Well, I to be honest with you, it'd be awesome if we can go back to being able to do the right thing, but we are way past that. Yeah. Because now everyone's too scared for their jobs to do the right thing, you know. Because it, it honestly, it's safer for us to do nothing. Well, when we force entry into a car or a house, it's just a conversation, right? That's not documented, like not. It's not recorded right. that of like, hey, we might cause damage. It could easily come back and say, well, you, I mean, you permanently like bent the door frame of my car, you know, like the. Yeah, all of it. The window frame. And now it doesn't seal properly or uh, you broke my door down. And it's $500. I didn't fix, know it was going to be that expensive. I thought you guys were coming to, you know, just press the buttons and unlock. Yeah, we don't know how to do that. Right? But. <laughs> You can see that that's oh yeah totally gonna happen. Yeah, like I said, well, like, take it into your own hands. Well, good job. It's you, about time. Yeah, <laughs> and you did it in a stupid way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason. I'd stand around for three hours. I would give it forty five minutes of hearing my kid inside. Maybe, like, all right, this has to change. I'm gonna drive somewhere and get some some tool that I can get in. Yeah. Sledge. Yeah, head out, head over yeah. to Home Depot. Right. And make it happen. Boom. You know, I don't know. That just seems three hours you wait outside. I know that my wife would look at me like, hey, it's time for you. You need to solve this it's, problem. It's now. time for you to, to make this happen. And then it's on. Yeah. But apparently that did not happen okay. in the situation until five hours later. Can't help you. Can't help you, buddy. Do you think she tipped him? Ooh. No. No. <laughs> I'm sure she was maybe like, it's why, cause, maybe why it's weren't cause, you more of a man? Maybe it's... Oh, I was thinking, did she tip the sheriff's office? Oh, no. She gave him the finger. That's... It made a complaint. made him look stupid on... No, nah, I didn't look stupid. I, she attempted to, but yeah, they yeah. stood around laughing. Well, it's because... can't help you. You can't help you. I don't know yeah. what you want us to do. Yeah.